Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football matchup over the next week. But before we do all that, we have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Abinabria Podcast. For an break, we previewed what we are going to do for this week's show. Once again, talking about the 49ers' first playoff game of the season as they take on the Seattle Seahawks in Super Wild Card Weekend or whatever you want to call it. Either way, the Niners are in the playoffs. We know that, and unfortunately, they were not able to get the bye as the Eagles were able to win against the Giants. We got exactly what we thought we were going to get, except for the fact that Seattle got in instead of Green Bay. They needed some help. They had a nice overtime win against the Rams. Then they needed the Lions, who had nothing to play for besides pride, to beat the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and they did. So now Seattle got in, and the Niners face off against a team they dominated twice in the regular season, again for the third time this season with a lot more at stake, obviously, in this matchup. But before we get into any of the game breakdown, do want to recap how we did and how the Niners last week. Sounds like a broken record, but the Niners won again. What else is new? Uh, They're on fire. Definitely the hottest team in the league right now. And they were able to dominate against the Cardinals. It didn't look great early. Uh, You had the trick play for a touchdown, A.J. Green, and the Cardinals scored again in the first half. So you had a bit of a nail-biter there. And then the Niners absolutely murdered them in the second half. They didn't give up a point in the second half, and they won the game by 25. So the Niners at this point have won 10 straight. They've been cooking, and they're really looking like the best team in the league right now, or at least top two or three. You can argue in the AFC, maybe the Bills or the Chiefs or the Bengals have something to say about it. But even though the Eagles are the one seed, and even though the Eagles have the bye, they really... I'd say stumble to the finish line. And they also have a couple of injuries. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. And I hopefully will be able to, well, I'd say brag a little bit about it in a couple of weeks if the Niners end up making it to the Super Bowl. But either way, in order to get to the Super Bowl, got to start with this game. But uh, we mentioned before, they were able to beat the Cardinals. So nice way to end the year. As for us, very nice way to end the regular season. We ended up sweeping. We had the Niners minus the massive spread, and we also had the over in this game, and neither were really in doubt. In fact, you had zero points in the fourth quarter, and the game still flew over because you had that many points in the second and third quarters. You had a very nice uh, touchdown drive to end the first half, which culminated in that touchdown pass to Kittle. So you had 34 points in the first half. Then the 49ers outscored the Cardinals 17-0 in the third quarter. And then after that, it was the exact situation that we thought we would get 
which was the fourth quarter, kind of like the Buccaneers game, where the game was over, they drained clock, nobody scored, and everyone went home. But we thought the Niners would score north of 30 in this game, which is why we liked the over, and we got there and ended up being a sweat-free winner on both the spread and the total. So a nice sweep to wrap the regular season. Now time to recap the overall games from a box score perspective. I'm going to start off with the Niners this time, uh, just because of the fact that we already started talking about the game against the Cardinals. So might as well go into the X's and O's and go into the actual play uh, player stats. But starting off with the Cardinals, you had Blau, who got the start 14 of 18 for 180 yards, one touchdown, two picks, sack three times, QBR of 10.9. McSorley came in. He also threw a pick. He had 29 passing yards and a QBR of 17.9. So both quarterbacks were awful uh, to go through the rushing attack for the Cardinals. They had a rushing touchdown by Corey Clement. I'm sure most people forgot that he was still in the league. He had, uh, they had 20 carries for 61 yards in total for one and one touchdown, so 3.1 yards per carry. Niners' rush defense definitely looked as dominant as it had all season long. And the Cardinals with a bunch of basically practice squad quarterbacks and backup running backs and no Hopkins and no Connor and really just no anybody. They ended up struggling, but they had the massive play early on to A.J. Green uh, for 77 yards. So you take that play out, and that means that Blau, in his final 17 pass attempts, had 13 completions for 103 yards, two picks, no touchdowns, sacked three times. So, yeah, he was definitely awful for the last three and a half quarters, basically, of the game. Uh, or, you know, a little bit less than that because McSorley came in. But you get my point. Uh, for the receiving core, A.J. Green had 91 yards and a touchdown. McBride had 41 yards. Really not much else to talk about. Blau also lost a fumble, and to go through the actual sacks here for the Cardinals, uh, Simmons had one sack, and J.J. Watt in his final career game had two sacks, so a nice little send-off there for the future Hall of Famer, and that was really the high note for the Cardinals. But to move on to the Niners, uh, offensively, it was really just doing whatever they wanted, and they kind of took it easy on the Cardinals. They could have scored a lot more points, but Brock Purdy went 15 of 20, for 178 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, was sacked four times. So a bit of a concern there for the offensive line, but at a QBR of 51.5. For the ground game, you had Elijah Mitchell, who came back, who had five carries for 55 yards and two touchdowns. You had McCaffrey, who had 10 carries for 45 yards, also had 34 receiving yards and a touchdown. So a decent overall stat line for McCaffrey, but they were up by so much in the game in reality, didn't really matter too much because the Eagles were dominating the Giants at halftime. Stop caring. But the Niners kind of called off the dogs. And you ended up seeing Mason get eight carries. You had Davis Price who got eight carries. Uh, Juice check got a carry. Debo Samuel got a carry. They really just spread. They ended up spreading the wealth. And to no surprise, they wanted to keep McCaffrey healthy while also getting Mitchell kind of up to speed for the playoffs, who I think might have an underrated role with this team. And I'm going to mention that in a little bit for the Seattle preview for the receiving core. You had Ayuk with 59 yards. I already mentioned McCaffrey Kittle continued his touchdown ways had seven touchdowns in the final four games of the season. He was on my fantasy team. So shout out to him, helped me win a league, but he had four catches for 29 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Juice check at 26 yards. Debo had two catches for 20 and Juwan Jennings had one catch for 10. As for the defense, you had Jordan Willis, who had a sack, and shocker, Nick Bosa had a sack. What else is new? And you ended up having Ibukum and Emanihu, who split half a sack apiece. So good performance by the Niners. 
Uh, offensively, they really dominated. They could have done a lot more, but they didn't care uh, because they were up by so much. They had 10 more first downs. They had 60, roughly 60 more overall total yards, and the game was really a snooze fest, but in a good way. So hopefully the Niners keep it rolling, but I do have to mention the Seahawks game last week where similarly to the Niners, they faced off against a division rival with nothing to play for because the Rams had been eliminated for the last couple of months. And yet that game was very, very competitive. In fact, the Seahawks were in danger of losing. They trailed at the half, and you thought maybe Seattle was going to choke, uh, but it ended up resulting in a very entertaining game late. Very ugly game for both teams offensively, but still, you ended up having the Rams take a 13-6 lead at the half, then Seattle ended up tying the game with a touchdown pass to Lockett. Rams took the lead in the field goal. Then the Seahawks ended up tying the game. They ended up having a doinked field goal at the buzzer, which would have won the game in regulation. But instead, the game went to overtime. And after Mayfield got the ball and looked like he had a wide open receiver, you had Diggs who jumped out of nowhere and picked it off. And that eventually resulted in the game-winning field goal by Myers as Seattle won the game 19-16. to Was it pretty? Absolutely not. And I do think that the Seahawks are not a very good football team. They're 9-8. and I feel like they are what the record says they are. Now, of course, the pre to preseason expectations, they've had a great year. Everyone thought Seattle would win about five games. I've, I was one of those people. I wasn't sure if Geno would get the start over Drew Locke or if they were basically punting the year. But they won nine and they won nine games or in the playoffs until I can ask for. But to go through the actual breakdown from a player stats perspective, Mayfield sucked. Uh, starting with the Rams, he went 13 of 26. So he completed 50% of his passes, 147 passing yards, one interception, no touchdown, sacked five times, had a QBR of 10.1. I know it was fun watching him have the comeback against the Raiders on a short week for him. You also had the nice Christmas game against the Broncos. And, you know, that was fun as they scored 50. But Mayfield's a backup quarterback. We're wasting everybody's time at this point. Mayfield is not good enough to be a starter, and he's going to probably jump around the league again. Maybe the Rams keep him as a backup for Stafford who gets hurt all the time. But Mayfield was awful last uh, last week, and nothing really surprised me from, from that. But Akers was good, had 104 rushing yards on 21 carries. Not really a surprise because Seattle is one of the worst run defenses in the league. But Akers, who was basically, I don't want to say guaranteed to be traded, but I think it was common knowledge that he was on the hot seat or he was on the trading block. He really had a nice past couple of weeks, and I do think that he probably is in the future plans for the Rams. Good for him. Still fumbles a bit too much, but still a solid player. And it was nice to see him end the year on a high note. As for the receiving core, good Van Jefferson, who had 61 yards. Higby had 33. Atwell had 27. He also had a rushing touchdown, though, on that little like end-around type play into the second quarter. And as a result, Atwell had a decent game. That was basically it. Uh, Akers had 24 receiving yards as well to help him with his overall stats. For the defense... Lake had a sack, Floyd had a sack, and uh, Hecht had a sack. So the Rams' defense was overall pretty good. They intercepted Geno on the first play of the game, courtesy of Jalen Ramsey, who actually had two picks in that game. So transitioning over, Geno, I just mentioned, had two picks. He had one touchdown, went 19 of 31 for 213 yards. QBR of 37.2. Was he good? Not really, but he did have the nice scramble there for 25 yards in the final drive of regulation which also had the 
15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty on Ramsey, which, to be honest, was a flop by Geno Smith. But either way, it didn't matter in the end because Myers missed the field goal. But nice job by Geno there on the final drive, even though it resulted in no points. Kenneth Walker, though, continued to be very good as he had 114 rushing yards, uh, just a solid overall player. Probably going to finish runner-up in Offensive Rookie of the Year to Garrett Wilson, but he's got a hell of a case. Kenneth, Wal- Kenneth Walker is really, really good, and he should be a really annoying player to face off for the next couple of years for San Francisco. But either way, the point is Kenneth Walker definitely did his part for Seattle. For the receiving core, Lockett at 54 yards and a touchdown. Parkinson had 47 yards. Metcalf at 40. So Ramsey kind of got revenge there after Metcalf torched him earlier this season. And that was basically it. To go through the other turnovers involved, there were none to speak of for the sacks. You had Kobe Bryant, who had one. Bruce Irvin had one and a half. I know he's banged up, so he's questionable for the Niners game. You had um, Mafi, who had one. Taylor, who had one. And you had Nwosu, who had half a sack. So Seattle pressured Mayfield a lot and had five sacks. But overall... And I'm, I also mentioned Diggs before had the interception. But overall, the Seahawks, we can call it what it was. They were fortunate to win the game. And that's a bit concerning since the Rams are 5-12. and 12, And the Rams were 1-7 and seven on the road. So Seattle wasn't exactly playing good football down the stretch, but they did enough to win. They faced off against a Jets team that didn't score a touchdown for the final three games of the season. Uh, fun little... Uh, little piece of trivia there they had three separate quarterbacks in those games and still did not score a touchdown in either game but they beat the Jets they beat the Rams at home both times so shout out to them for doing what they needed to do against two teams that were reeling and they made the playoffs but to go through the actual spread and the total for this game both teams have injury report news I know Goodwin is out I mentioned or I mentioned that Bruce Irvin's questionable I'm assuming he's going to play in reality there's a lot of questionable tags it's the playoffs you can assume that 98% of the people that are questionable are going to play. It's just what it is. Uh, these games matter, obviously, a lot more as it's single elimination. So expect to see both teams be almost all hands on deck. But to go through the actual spread and total for this game, the Niners are favored by 9.5 at home, and the total is around 42.5. These teams, obviously, as division rivals, faced off against each other twice in the regular season, and both te- both games were not particularly close. The Seahawks ended up getting killed in week two uh, against the Niners, lost that game 27 to seven. Then they played again on Thursday night football about a month ago. And the Niners won that game 21 to 13 could have been a lot worse. Uh, It was when Purdy was really kind of just getting his feet wet as the quarterback. It was his second career start and the Niners ran the ball a bunch. They didn't let Purdy do anything stupid. Kittle went nuts though, had two touchdowns, but the Niners really, played it safe and ended up just trying to milk clock. They were up by a bunch of points. And then you had Seattle score a quote unquote garbage time touchdown there with a couple minutes to go to make the score more respectable. But the Niners dominated the game and Seattle did not reach the red zone for the first 55 minutes. So you also had a pick six that was called back on the rough in the passer penalty, which was kind of nonsense, but still. So game could have been a lot worse, but the Niners have dominated both games if you just watch the games. And you know that Seattle will, of course, be very, very amped up for this game. So will the Niners, the home playoff game. So I don't think motivation matters. I don't care that the Niners beat Seattle the sec- uh, two times, and now you have to worry about beating the same team three times. 
there's no extra motivation. It's the playoffs are trying to win a title. So I don't buy into that narrative, but I do buy into the Niners being significantly better than Seattle in basically every area besides maybe quarterback. And based on the last month, Purdy's been better than Geno Smith. But to look at the actual uh, just overall game script that I see, I think it's going to be a carbon copy of the two games of the regular season. The Niners will dominate up front. We know the offensive line's great. The defensive line's great. The secondary's great. They're phenomenal at stopping the run. And Seattle, we've seen when Kenneth Walker gets bottled up, the passing game can struggle at times. Metcalf's kind of fallen off a cliff the last couple of weeks. Lockett's still really good. But the Niners' defense is elite, and they're going to be very good at pressuring Geno all night long, or all day long. And I do think you'll end up seeing Geno struggle throughout this game. So I think the Niners win comfortably. It's going to be ugly. The weather's not good. It's going to be roughly 90% chance of rain, uh, potential thunder showers. So keep an eye on that. But it's going to be rain and about 10 mile per hour winds. And you can make an argument in any weather the Niners have an edge. But I think they especially have an edge in bad weather because they are so good at running the football. And the fact that they're so good up front with the offensive line and you have Elijah Mitchell, who's back. You have Debo Samuel, who's back. And of course, you have McCaffrey. They have so many options in the ground game. And Seattle's one of the worst run defenses in the league. It's really setting up for the Niners to have 200 plus rushing yards, a decent amount of play action opportunities, and maybe a shot or two by Purdy, maybe to Kittle, maybe to somebody else. But the point is, I think Seattle's defense is up against it because they are so bad against the run. And on the other hand, Seattle's passing game was the... Really impressive part of this team. Now, of course, Walker was great. Don't get me wrong. The Niners, though, are the second best team against the run in terms of opponent rushing yards per game. Number one's Tennessee. So they're number one in the field because Tennessee's eliminated. But I do think that they, they will be able to turn Seattle one-dimensional. And in the bad weather, I think Geno might have a horrible game. And that would not surprise me. I think Purdy will be good enough. I think he's going to be really not asked to do much. Uh, I think Shannon's going to keep it relatively vanilla for his overall role, but we know that he's capable of making throws when needed. And I think that the Niners win this game comfortably, kind of like the Thursday night game, but the Niners won't give up the garbage time touchdown at the end. Give me some type of 24 to 10 final. I think it's ugly. I love the under. I think this total is way too high, especially in bad weather. And the Niners should try to drain a bunch of clock running the ball. So I see a lot of long drives, a lot of ugly football in the rain and I do think you'll see the Niners just out physical Seattle throughout this game. So give me the Niners to win this game 24 to 10, 23 to 10, something like that. I don't think Seattle scores more than a touchdown. I'm not sure they score a touchdown in this game. But for the sake of the actual spread in total, give me the Niners minus nine and a half and give me the under 42 and a half for wild card weekend. Now, as for next week, once again, if the Niners win, knock on wood, they're massive favorites, they better win. If they do, we'll cover the game next week. If not, then I guess we'll recap the season. But either way, we're not really going to think too much about it because we have a Super Bowl to win. So we'll focus on that. But until next Thursday, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.